0: Hello, guys. Welcome to another episode of Lumia Sports. I'm host, Demetrius Mason, joined again by Darnell Jones. What's up, guys? And joined again by Dom. Triple D's, what it do. And last night was a historic day for the podcast. I am geeking, and we will tell you guys why as we go along. But let's get right into these games. Um, first off, the Clippers beat the Cavs, 121-99. Coming off that loss to the Nets, and still no Patrick Beverly. Um, Don predicted this one. Probably didn't say it on air, but he told me. Paul George going out 40. He got close. He had 36. Six assists out there. MVPG showing up when they can front run. Um, Kawhi Leonard had 24 as well with a plus minus 25 um, off the bench, really kind of everyone struggled But Lou Williams had 15. I want to say that's one of the highest numbers he's had all year on five, a shooting and Zubac, 16 rebounds, 10 points for him. Drummond came back and was immediately a minus 33 on four of 13 shooting with three turnovers. Not a great game for him. Sex and tried, he at 27 on 11 to 21 shooting and the land was there too. Garland 11 for 18, um, 23 points, but they just really couldn't combat with that. Uh, Darnell, what'd you see out of this one?
1: Well, it really pretty much came down to Paul George. Paul George and Kawhi Leonard in the first, in the first half were just showing why they're just the two premier wings on one team in the league. They have size that, a lot of the teams don't have him. We have a backcourt that's 6-1. Trying to guard Paul Jordan and Kawhi Leonard is going to be tough. They hit fadeaways, turnarounds. People couldn't contest Paul Jordan. He went eight from nine from the three-point line, and he hit more threes than the entire Cavs team, and that pretty much summed up the game.
0: Yeah, he doubled the amount of the whole Cavs team. Um, what were your thoughts on this one?
2: And I told you, he was ready to be mad as fuck. He was like, fuck no. I missed that last second shot. Even though it was a foul, he missed that last shot. And he already knew everybody was going to be on his ass. He saw a weak and helpless Cavaliers team. And he was like, you know the fuck what? You know the fuck what? I'm a fucking MVP candidate. (laughs) And he went out there. He went eight for nine from three. And he said, fuck anybody talking shit about me. Fuck Jared Dudley. Fuck everybody else. I don't care what y'all think about me type shit. So, you know, Paul George went out there and snapped on Cleveland. I'm sorry. I'm sorry they had to be there right after they lost to Brooklyn. And he kind of the reason they lost. So (laughs) (laughs) one thing I will be interested in though what Darnell just said, you feel me? This is the premier wing. This is the premier wing duo in the league. And then on Friday, they'll be facing the up and coming premier wing duo in the league. So you feel me? The the wing duo of the west versus the wing duo of the east. So and they're actually very similarly structured team, constructed teams. I don't know if Beverly or Marcus will play, even though they're kind of the same person. And then, you know, you got Reggie you well kind of Lou and Kemba kind of the same person. And then you got like it's it's just it's funny. Like they're just such a similarly formed team.
0: So it'll be interesting seeing them play on Friday. Yeah, that will be a good one to watch. All right, moving on, the Sixers beat the Hornets 118-111. Wasn't quite as close to the score dictate, but the Hornets kind of made a run at the end. They, they did actually make it really close to a four-point game, but the Sixers came out 30-13 to in the first quarter, and it just looked ugly from the get-go. Embiid um, came out there, 34 points, 11 rebounds, 11 of 18 shooting. Uh, 10 from the three-throw line, plus 12 for him. Simmons, 15 points, nine assists for him. Tobias Harris, 26 points, eight of 15 shooting. And as we know, those three are going to do that. There's not really much you can do to beat them. Uh, for the Hornets, LaMelo Ball did lead their team in scoring. Well, him and Gordon Hayward, but LaMelo, eight for 16 out there with seven rebounds. Gordon Hayward, nine of 19 from the field, 22 points, nine assists for him. Um, but the difference in this one really is because I think they started Bridges. Then they just had no one on the bench. Um, Monk did go 3-7 from deep again. Had 13, but really the bench just couldn't keep up with that performance. Um, Dom, what would you see out of this one? Bro, we already
2: told them what to do, bro. They're not listening to us, man. We told them, put Zeller on the bench and start Bianbo if you want to play him. Because... If if you just gonna have Zeller out there with Embiid, Embiid's already B's already like one of the best defensive setters in the league. So Zeller already not gonna be able to score that well. And then on top of that, Zeller can't play any defense. Embiid was just out there making that man look like a mockery. Like <laughs> Zeller was out there looking bad every time Embiid every time he was out there with Embiid. So you know, I think Bianbo, even though even though Embiid would have been out on the paint or doing whatever in the mid-range. I, I, I just think that Biambo could at least threaten him in the paint. Whereas, you know, if Embiid beats me from the three-point line, then, I mean, you feel me? Then that's just going to be what it is. But he's going to punish Cody Zeller down there. So I don't think the Hornets would have won regardless. But I think that in order for them to, you know, do a little better, I do think that Biambo starting and Zeller coming off the bench would definitely be helpful for them. Just provides And, it, and that would also provide another boost to offense off the bench anyway.
0: Darnell, mm-hmm. what were your thoughts on this one?
1: Yeah, when coming into the game, this is a game that you expect the Sixers to win. And the first half, they kind of blew the game wide open and gave them a it kind of gave him a chance to kind of get back into it in the second half, but it really, like you said, it really wasn't as close to the score. Came down to really dominating Zeller. Zeller's just not, he doesn't have the size. Like you said, it would be a, probably, it would be a lot better if you had Biombo started because he has a little more size and you can give him more of a battle, you would think in theory. So if you're going to play Zeller 31 minutes, at least play at least lower his minutes down some and play Biambo more than 12. I think that was one of the keys. And you got a good Danny Green game. Danny Green was 4-7 from three. You know, Danny Green's hot and cold. And on days where he's hot, he's going to have a good game and they're probably going to win.
2: Yeah. I just think that with Cody, it's just like, if he already not going to be able
1: to score that well, you might as well just put the defender out there. Yeah. Like, yeah. what does he bring? What's his positive to the table if he's not scoring on offense and he's not defending well? There is none.
2: I mean, he's he had four assists, so he's a, he's a decent – I guess he's a decent passer. He was at least one in this game. And he had eight rebounds against Embiid. So, I mean – I guess he's a a, a cool rebounder, too. But just having him out there versus Embiid was just, that wasn't going to do anything. (laughs) Might as well just put Biombo out there, let him get beat alive, and then let Zeller come off the bench when Embiid was kind of tired. Because he can, even though Dwight, I don't think he would have scored on Dwight either, but he had a better
0: chance of scoring on Dwight than Embiid. So. So. Yep. Yeah, tough game for the Hornets, but really, I mean, there's not much they could do about, you know, MVP and beat out there. Uh, moving on, the Spurs beat the Timberwolves 111-108. They wanted to lose this game very badly. We're trailing the entire way, but came back in the fourth quarter, and they won the fourth quarter 32-18 and route to that 111-108 win. Um they did this, again, without LaMarcus Aldridge. We know every piece to the puzzle is so important. But Jacob Perl actually played really well. A uh, 9-10 for him, 19 points, 8 rebounds in his place. Um, DeRozan had 30, 10 of 19 shooting. Six assists, 8 rebounds for DeRozan in this game. Really, who struggled, it was Keldon uh, Johnson and Lonnie Walker. They went a combined 2-for-19, and they were both a 16 out there. But Devin White and Patty Mills both were plus plus. Uh, White was a plus 18, Mills was a plus 19 off the bench, mainly because they just didn't shoot as bad as them. And the Timberwolves just didn't have the bench production, as we know. Um, Malik Beasley's been their best player this year. He had 29 on 12-18 shooting. Um, Anthony Edwards, 6 of 14. He had 14 points. Rubio, 4 of 10, 7 assists. Your turnovers was another great game out of Ricky Rubio. And the, the real problem is, man, I told Dom this off-air, man. D'Angelo Russell's been bad. This year, they could, they don't have to be five and 16 bad if he was better. He can't be eight for 20, one seven from the three point line. Um, but either way, Darnell, what'd you say out of this one? Like you mentioned, D'Angelo Russell 20 shots to get
1: 20 points. That's not efficiency, right? There, like you got to get more efficiency out of your star. And Anthony Edwards, he's young, but. He's got to be more efficient as well. Six or fourteen, he's got to get to the line more than twice. That's that's been something to watch for Anthony Edwards. He's not been getting to the line much, probably because he settles a lot for jump shots. But that's something I'm going to watch. Malik Beasley played well, and they just had nothing off the bench. And you look at the Spurs. The Spurs had depth. They had Demar Derozan get to the line 11 times, scoring 30 points. Jakob Purtle, like you said, he pitched in his 19. And they only needed Trey Lyles and Derek White along with Patty Mills to produce off the bench, and they had enough. So, it was a close game. The Spurs probably could have lost this game, but Timberwolves are a struggling team, and we're going to see them lose a lot of games like this.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one? It's funny because I was kind of
2: like, you know, I was kind of like Bosco watching this game a little bit. And I saw when they were up, like, 15 or however much they were up, like, 15, 17 or something like that, Rubio was, like, 4 for 5 out there or 4 for 6 or something like that. I was like, oh, my God, he might drop he might drop 10 this game. Nope. As soon as the <laughs> second half hit, he never scored again. And I was like, ah, okay. I see why. I see why them commentators talking about Rubio hasn't been affected because if he can even just lay the ball up – then that just gives them an extra chance. But Rubio's, you know, one of Rubio's big problems, you know, throughout his whole throughout his whole career has been scoring. He was actually pretty decent in um where was he? He was in um Utah and Phoenix. He was actually pretty decent at scoring in Utah and Phoenix. But I don't know what it is. He went right back to Minnesota and turned right back to who he was. <laughs> so <laughs> But, I mean, yeah, the Spurs, you know, they should have beat them. It, it looked like they weren't going to win. But then DeRozan was like, you know what? This team fucking sucks. <laughs> That's what happened. I do think that, you know, if Towns was there, then maybe they would have had a chance. But, you know, that Towns not being there has been the biggest issue with the team. I think they've only won – they're like 5-16. and uh 16. And I think three of the games they won, Towns was there, and the, uh, they only won two without him. So, you know, while he's dealing with COVID, then, you know, when he comes back, they should be – they'll still be the worst team in the West, but
0: they'll win a couple more games. Yeah, absolutely. Man, um, with them, obviously, we know. It's it's really – if you don't have Carly Towns, it's just – season that they're going to have and they're probably going to have something similar to it anyway. I was about to say. <laughs> D'Angelo Russell hasn't stepped up at all. It's, you know, if you know, you knew he wasn't going to do that. So uh,
2: Damn, what happened to Brooklyn
0: Russell, man? Uh, Brooklyn had three other dudes who could do stuff. That's true. Although, Vert Dinwiddie and Jared Allen was still there. Yeah, yeah game, it's true. Kind of, game was low-key kind of loaded. Um, yeah, Anyway, moving on, the Thunder beat the smack out of the Rockets, 104 um, 87. Again, no John Wood this game. Christian what a rare off game, three of seven for him, uh, minus 15 on the court, only played 22 minutes. <clears throat> and uh, <sighs> Oladipo, eight for 24. That's just not going to get it done. Gordon, eight for 15. They just probably forgot the wood was. Hell out there. That's weird. (laughs) And this is just one of those examples to me. I mean, then you see House off the bench minus 18 because he was one of seven shooting. Um, Cousins is actually probably the best player. He's four or 10 out there. But, and this is an example to me of why you you don't always just start your sixth man if someone's out Uh, because they, Gordon's is going to shoot the ball, but, you know, it's not they need. They need Wood and Oladipo to kind of keep them (laughs) afloat. They need Gordon off the bench because the bench just got blasted by the Thunder's bench. Um, and as you saw, even the Thunder, they didn't have uh, George Hill. They didn't have, obviously, Shea, Shea Gillis-Alexander. Um, they still came out there, led by Williams off the bench. He had 19, 7 of 8 shooting. He's a plus 24. Everyone on the bench who played was a plus 11 at least. With three other guys, Roby, Miller, and Scala, plus 19. And the starters just had to just keep the game afloat, really. Um, Al Horford, 6 of 10 from the field. Diallo this one, he was 5-9, um, and it really was the answer. Mazley had 18 and 12 as well. But, Darnell, what would you see out of this one? The Thunder being the Rockets. Rockets off of a six-game game. I, I didn't expect to see this.
1: If I was picking between these games, I would have probably picked the Rockets just because they've been playing so well. And even though there was no John Wall out there, you would expect Houston to just be able to score – At will, because that's how they've been scoring all year. And they only put up 18 in the second quarter, 15 in the third. And it was just too much Oklahoma City in their bench. Like, look at the plus 24 for in 23 minutes. Like, plus 19 for Roby, Muscala, and Miller. With no Alexander Hill, like you mentioned, like, you just don't expect that type of production. I haven't watched Oklahoma City as much this year as I would like to, but I'm going to start tuning into some of their games to check them out and see what is the catalyst behind them playing well because I can't really put my word – I can't really can't put words on it.
0: It's Al Horford. <laughs> I'm not even kidding.
1: Al Horford. I'm, Al Horford. I'm
0: being so serious and it's weird, but that's just the truth of the matter. It's really Al Horford.
1: Al Horford had Al Horford had three assists and seven turnovers, and they still won by however many.
0: Because he's the reason. I trust me, man. I'm amazed too. It's Al Horford in the fact that like none of them matter. Like it's like that too.
1: Yeah, they like normally players have like one. They they have like a pecking order of stars. You look at Oklahoma City okay, I'll give you Shea, but outside of Shea, I don't know who the second, third, fourth option are. Maybe Baisley, second option, but Al Horford, second option. Like, it could be any of those guys on any different night, and that could be dangerous uh, against a team without their players playing well.
0: And, And, yeah, like you said, well, Dom, what were your thoughts on this one?
2: I'm surprised neither of y'all even mentioned this guy but dort was only out there for for 10 God, minutes yeah. he did he 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 got hurt and he missed all his shots and he's on and he's honestly been the second best player on the team for the most part it's been Shea, him and then probably Al and even George but like the fact that they were able to do this even with Dort having a bad game like basically they're three they're three their three, like, backcourt members were all hurt, and they were still able to blow a Houston team out who literally has the best defense in the league. But it comes down to one person and one person only. And if he's going to only score eight points, they never going to win any games against anybody. So, you know, if Christian Wood only going to go three for seven out there, then, I mean, Houston just don't have a chance. And that's what that came down to for me.
1: Yeah, I think if you look at Oladipo too, man. Like if you watch Rockets games, Oladipo takes a lot of shots, a lot of bad shots too. One of eight for three, he probably could have reeled in that a little bit more and gave Christian
0: with some more looks. Yeah, yeah. Without John Wall, they just didn't pass the ball. (laughs) That's what it looks like to me. They were just not passing the ball when they were. They were turning it over. It's twenty turnovers. The thing is,
2: like, even when Wall hasn't been there, they've still been able to be fine.
0: Mm-hmm. So this is, like, the first game he wasn't there, and they actually struggled. That's true, but they're playing a team in this game where, you know, they actually play defense. It's a little, it's a little different. The Thunder are going to – they're going to plan for you. If you don't have John Wall, it's going to be, all right, let's just guard Oladipo and guard
2: you know who You know who just rubbed off on the whole organization. They all just try so hard, man.
0: Oh, my God. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> on. This guy wasn't even there yet. This team, no one on this team was even there yet. You try to bring him up. Oh, not going to let you do it. Hey, man. They try really hard. Whatever. Moving on. Off on the team. Yeah. Moving on. The Bucks beat the Pacers 130, 110. Still unbelievable, confounding. They put this game on over another game we'll talk about later that was on at the same time slot with two of the best young stars in the league. But, they, hey, man, I don't know if this was an ESPN decision. I don't know if it was an NBA decision. It was a dumb one. As This game was over about halftime. The uh, commentators were getting bored. I was getting bored, and I tuned into other things. Um, but the Bucks end up being the Pacers 130-110. Uh, a couple of Giannis spin moves. 21 points, 14 rebounds, 10 assists for Giannis, 7-8 of shooting, and shot the ball eight times in a 21. That's how unconcerned he was. Bobby Portis off the bench, plus 19. Our man DJ Augustine, plus 17 off the bench as well. All the starters really were just absolutely fine. Middleton, 12. Lopez, 11. Holiday, 11. Dante at 16. He started off on fire, and he was a plus 36 out there. Tom, what are your thoughts on this?
2: Bro, this is – you talk about Giannis's empty 38, 19, and and, and whatever, eights. This is the emptiest 33, 12, and six I've never seen because he was the whole (laughs) issue the entire time out there. I was watching him. Doing the dumbest shots. I know he went 14 to 25, but his shots, <laughs> were, the shots that he were missing were so stupid, bro. For, like he was shooting them for no reason, right over Brook and right over. Him. Like you don't have to, all he do is jump hooks. That's all he do. He just, he just do a bunch of jump hooks all game <laughs> over taller people. I don't understand it. And then Brogdon was out there fucking up too. Like he only had one turnover, but he was just missing open he was just missing like wide open passes and like passing the people he shouldn't have passed to it was just a really bad effort out there and I'm watching I'm just like TJ really like low-key the best player on the TJ McConnell TJ McConnell low key the best player on the team came out there six two and twelve he was trying his hardest to keep them afloat he was out there he he was out there I think he smacked the ball away from Middleton or something like that when they was going for a pass and he a point guard or in a small forward, like, uh, the paces suck. And I know they're missing two of their five best at least scorers, if not players, but, no, nah, this is an awful team right here. And the fact that they're going to be the fifth seed in the, in the East, man, that's that's a bad sign out there, man. Right. Tells
0: you how bad the East is. I'm not going to let you just yeah. destroy Sabonis for that. The man really actually was trying to keep them afloat, but if Brogdon and Lamb are just going to go out there and forget that he's out there when he starts scoring and go a combined fire for 22, I'm not blaming him for that. Aaron Holly was out there too, three for 12. Nobody else could do anything. So, yeah, he's got to take bad hook shots. And your boy Miles Turner, where was he? If Sabonis is the whole reason, why is Miles Turner minus 32 in 23 minutes? What was he doing? Um, When when has
2: he been my boy? If he not going to guard, we already know he can't guard Giannis either. The whole team can't. He's the one kind of defender. But even then, he's not really as much of a post defender as much of – like he's a blocker mainly. And if Giannis is going to dunk all over him, he's not stronger than Giannis. And Giannis don't, like, shoot. He don't put layups up. He just dunks on people. So, like, he not strong enough to just smack that shit out of his hands. That's how you see. He only had one block today. Normally, he averages, like, four. He only had one because he just couldn't hang with him. But we already know he not going to give you no offense. So, if his defense is going to be useless, then you feel me? I mean... The the whole, though I'm I'm not blaming Sabonis himself. I'm blaming everybody because this team is awful.
0: Darnell, what were your thoughts?
1: I don't want to say the Pacers are awful. I'll say they're they're I'll say they're below average. Challenged for a twelve and (laughs) ten team, like. (laughs) <laughs> They're definitely challenged. And I, was, I was, yeah, I was watching this game too, and it was nothing. This game was like awful. The Bucks just ball movement was crisp. They were hitting all of their open players and making all of the right passes and hitting open threes. Giannis didn't have to do much, and Indiana was just sloppy. Just looked discombobulated out there, and. Sabonis put up a good effort, thirty-three and twelve is nice, like, but like you said, Miles Turner, where was he? Like three points, two rebounds. I need way more than that on Miles Turner. Jeremy Lamb had a good game the last game. He bounced back with two points. Like you got to get more than that from Jeremy Lamb. With their players that are out, so if that's the type of effort that you're going to get, they're going to get blown out, and that's what we saw.
2: Really. I think I think that Dante being effective was really because Dante really kind of is the 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 key to like if their offense is gonna is gonna really work or not, and he was hitting his open threes today.
0: Yeah. So
2: that's really what it. You see, he was a plus thirty six. He had the highest plus minus out there, and he's really like one of the main factors where if he's flowing, then their offense is flowing well.
1: Yeah, and and. Forbes, even though he was a minus eight, if he can give you four threes off the bench, you're gonna take that every day of the week.
2: Well, he came out. Well, the game was pretty much over in like the third quarter. He came, he he mainly scored in the fourth quarter when nobody was when the team already can't play defense. So right. when all this when all the even worse defenders came out there, he snapped. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let them 20 fool you. <laughs>
0: Damn Forbes. I didn't even get my name, Forbes, man Forbes credit. Man, he nights against the he nice against the fucking the Pacers third string players. Yeah. Hey Amen. Well, we knew that that was coming. We told y'all it was gonna be the boring game of the night, and that was the reason because the Pacers had no chance of stopping on us. Um moving on, the Knicks beat the Bulls. Second time in a row, they played each other. And the Knicks end up winning 107, 103. Julius Randle, 27 points, six rebounds, six assists, 11 to 20 shooting. He was a plus 14 out there. Big time game from him. Alfred Payton, 20 and eight, 20 points, eight rebounds, nine and 19. It's been a while since he even gave you that production. And RJ Barrett had 17 on eight of 16 shooting. Rare game where quickly didn't go off, but they still end up pulling it out and winning um, for the Bulls. Zach Levine, 10 for 21, 24 points, 7 assists. That's what he does. Kobe White, 4 for 13, minus 8, 6 assists. That's what he does. And um Darius Young, 19 points. Everyone kind of did what they normally do out there, but the Knicks were just not going to lose to these dudes back to back, even though they wanted to in the fourth quarter. Um, Darnell, what were your thoughts on this one? Yeah,
1: like like you said, Julius Randle. Came out of the gates with twenty-seven at the plus fourteen. You got good elford Payton game, and from the Bulls' perspective, I look at Laurie Markkinen. Man, I I got Laurie Markkinen on my fantasy team, so I was I was keeping up with what he was doing, and it was awful out there, man. Oh, four from three. He only had four rebounds, no assists, nine points, minus eight. That's awful. His plus minus is they didn't get blown out, so it's not that big. But he was struggling out there against Julius Randle, and Julius Randle's proven why he should be considered five or seven for three. He should really be considered for an all star spot this year. He probably won't get it, but I'll be interested to watch. Yeah, absolutely.
0: Tom, what were your thoughts? It's all fell on Lori for
2: this one, man. Can't go out there. Only score nine points. Same way it was Christian Wood with Houston. We know Laurie is like, even though Zach's kind of their best offensive player, Laurie is their best offensive player because just because he's 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 just a better shooter out there, and you know his his height really makes it hard for people to guard him because he's about like seven foot or however tall he is. So you know if Laurie not even going to score ten points, then you know. It's going to be a struggle out there.
0: I want to defend Laurie real quick. Why is Zach Levine taking as many threes as he's taking shots? Zach Levine took seven threes to Laurie's eight shots. I know Laurie has to make them, but damn, Zach. We can't even. Kobe White, eight threes, Laurie Marketing, eight shots. These are your two guys who are running the team. Can Can they get the best player of the ball? Maybe. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean I mean, that's, that's part of a problem because they don't have a true point guard.
2: Yeah. I was going to say that's more Kobe. That's more Kobe fault than Zach's fault, honestly. <laughs> For being real about that. Zach's more of a Zach's more of a scorer. If we were watching Kobe, Kobe's more of like you know, he drives down like when we were watching the other day, like when they were playing the Knicks, he just drives down the uh field and he just drives down the court and kicks it. So, I don't know what changed this game. I guess he, he said, you know what, well, fuck it, I'm gonna shoot it this time. But maybe they were just, honestly, they were probably just trapping Lori. They was like, you beat us the first time, you're not beating us this time. Somebody else gonna have to beat us, fuck it, I don't care.
0: That's most likely what happened. Yeah, and for the Bulls, has to be the worst training performance of the year. Six of 36 from three, only 16%. Yikes. When the Knicks shot 50% from three. The Knicks never shoot out shoot anyone from deep. So yeah, tough performance uh, for the Bulls. We know they weren't gonna beat anyone back to back. All right, so moving on, let's go to Sacktown. The Sacramento Kings beat the Celtics 116, 111. Who could have seen this one coming? As Tatum, 11 for 26 from the field. He had 21 points. To Brown, he was 7 of 18 from the field. He had 21. And, you know, no one else really came up to play for them. Green came off the bench. He was a minus 15. Just a struggle, obviously, with no smart and no Kimba out there. Um, Real tough for them. For the Kings, man, Harrison Barnes, 7 of 17. He had 24, 10 free throws. He's a plus nine out there. Darren Fox, huge down the stretch, 9-17, of 15 points in the fourth quarter. He had 26 points total and 11 assists. But he healed, struggled again from the field, but still somehow a plus eight. Second, third highest plus minus on the team, but 5-16 of shooting, 15 points. He did have 11 rebounds, though. And my guy, Tyrese Halliburton, we told you first we were on top of this one. Eight for 15, 5 of 9 from deep, 21 points, 4 assists, 2 steals, plus 13. The fighting Halliburtons do it. Darnell, what you see out of this one? Yeah, I was
1: watching a little bit of this game, man. Boston just had nobody to stop Buddy. I mean, De'Aaron Fox, like they couldn't step, they couldn't stay in front of him. It looked like he got hurt a little bit in the second half. Uh, I don't know if it was his hip or something, but De'Aaron Fox was just killing him, man. And like you said, Tyrese Halliburton contributed his 21. Five threes for him. He's been awesome this year. Probably in the top five rookie of the year conversation. And you look at Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, they did what they normally do not the most efficient night for them too, but they had 27 and 21 respectively. And that was about it. Like having Tristan Thompson in the starting lineup, Jeff Teague in the starting lineup, your bench is weakened and you didn't have that Grant Williams game that you had the game before. So you just don't have much coming off the bench. And that was just the biggest difference.
2: Mm -hmm. Don, what were your thoughts? difference with this team is that Sacramento had their rookie wonder and Boston didn't. And that's what it came down to. You know, Tyrese Halliburton came off the bench and he was just killing them niggas. But I the, I think that if Pritchard was playing, they would have had a chance. I think that they probably would have won if Pritchard was there because Pritchard really is like their backup point guard out there. Well, Teague is, but at this point, Pritchard's definitely been making his role in some more of the backup point guard for the team. But it's something that I, I said, you know, when we were watching them play the Warriors. And then I was even watching the Bucks last night. And Augustine only has six points. But he did something that Teague refuses to do. Yep, He did the fake. He did the phony shit. He did that fake-ass shit. And that's what you got to do in this league. If you're not going to shoot the ball, you at least got to get fouls. And, you know, Teague shot four free throws. But, you know, you know what Kemba out there. Kemba, Kemba shoots. He's going to shoot his one for 12, but he going to get them fake-ass calls. <laughs> that's that, that's the difference between what, what Kemba out there producing versus Teague. Like, I just needed Teague to, like, do a pump fake, have somebody jump, and then just, like, flop. And just flail into them. That's all they. That's all they need him to do. Sometimes, Tatum. I mean, you know, Tatum gonna get his foul calls. He only had three tonight, which is like real low for him. But you know, Tatum gonna get his calls. Brown gonna get his calls. But really, the Celtics. You know, they thrive off of off of free throws, and. They had six more, but normally they'd be having, like, 15 more than people. So, <laughs> if they're not, not going to get to the line more than anybody, then, you know, that's going to be a struggle for them. They live off them free throws, boy.
0: Yeah, let me uh, take you guys through what happened, because I was watching this game. Me and Dom do these picks, and I was up one, but I had taken the Kings over the Celtics, terrified the entire way. But something kept happening in this game. The Celtics wore – Basically, they would start off with the lead and then what I was banking on was the Kings depth and they at the end of every quarter they would come back take the lead then the Celtics would come out in the next quarter have a quick lead but then it, it, what really happened was Tatum and Brown so as much as people say Luke Walton is bad coach right their coaching game plan for this was exactly oh. what I wanted them to do the whole game
2: oh whoa Brad Stevens now Huh? I said Luke Walton is a bad coach. I know, but you were saying the Celtics have bad coaching.
0: and I said that Luke Walton was a bad coach. Don't let me finish, man. Damn. Uh, okay, okay. Anyway, so as much as people say that Luke Walton is a bad coach, um, they were all over Tatum and Brown. They just would not let them shoot threes. I mean, even if they shot them, as you see, they didn't go in. The whole game, I'm just sitting there like, bro, just don't let them shoot threes. Yeah, they're going to get foul calls, Whatever. Make them go to the basket and not shoot these. And that was really the whole thing. And one thing that happened late in this game that was interesting, the Celtics ended up playing Waters a lot down the stretch, and they didn't put out – Tremont Waters – and they didn't put out their best player the whole game, who really was Tristan Thompson. He was absolutely killing them. Like, they could not stop him at all. Um, he was just throwing Bagley and Holmes around like rag dolls. To be honest, that's why Holmes had five fouls. So I was like, oh, they just really not gonna put him in. The, they put Tyson, but they really didn't put Tristan in in the fourth quarter. And I just thought that was very shocking, um, especially given that he had just been bullying them the whole game, really doing whatever he wanted, getting them second chance opportunities and everything like that. And I mean, really, what I mean, Halliburton was just incredible. Every time, it seemed like it was kind of slipping away. He'd hit a three. Um, he was just too cold out there. Then late in the game, Darren Fox took over, gave them the lead. He did hurt his hip, but he hit one last jumper. You could tell because he wasn't driving. It looked like a minute left, he hurt his hip. So he shot a jumper. Then he shot a 3 airballed it, whatever, whatever. Um, the Celtics were down three, get the ball. Grant Williams gets fouled. Of course, he misses the first. He's like a 50% free throw shooter. He misses the second on purpose, gets it back passes it to Tatum who's wide open in the corner and my heart just dropped because I was like don't let this go to overtime please but Tatum (laughs) misses it bag secured thank you Kings and I mean at the end of the day man I I, I picked the Kings for one reason it's because Kemba that is whatever we say he is he shoots that thing 14-18 times if he's not going to shoot it Someone else has to. And I knew Teague did not want to do that. And so Teague shot at 16, six times, one for six, Water shot at the other eight because someone had to shoot the ball and they were not going to let Brown and Tatum. I mean, Brown and Tatum did what they normally do. They went out and shot the ball. But they weren't going to let them make it. Because um, Barnes was really just bothering both of them. Kind of, And Halliburton just knows what to do. He was just leaving people. He was just straight leave people to double them. He didn't care. They didn't give a shit. <laughs> About any of those dudes. They're just like, oh, Tatum, y'all gonna give him double screens? Cool. This is double and call it a day. And that's honestly what ended up being. Great coaching job from Walton. We love it. Good shit, Kings. Now I cannot pick y'all for a while. It was awesome. Up the ride, man. Whew. All right. Moving on. Man, this is a tough last three, but we got let's go here. Let's go. The Mavericks end up beating the Hawks 122-116. Um, the Mavericks really, I mean, what happened in this game was they finally got the lineup back to where they needed it to be. And that was as bad. Trust me, man, they can be bad out there shooting the ball. But Finney Smith, he finally started making some threes down the stretch. He was five of ten in this game. Josh Richardson, three of eleven. Yikes, one seven from three. Super yikes. Um, But Porzingis, 24 and 11. Luca, he was 8 for 20 out there. He started selling as well, 1 for 5 from 3, but he got to the free throw line 10 times, unlike that other guy. 27 points, 14 assists, 8 rebounds for Luca. And the key is if Hardaway gets to play off the bench, it limits Trey Burks' minutes. Hardaway, 22 points, 8 for 15, 5 10 from deep. He was huge down the stretch, like he always is. Um, for the Hawks, John Collins went crazy 35 points, 12 rebounds, six of 21 from the field. Trey Young, eight for 18, 21 points, nine assists. Howder, hoarder, I how you say his name, 21 points, 10 assists for him. Uh, Dom, what did you see out of this one?
2: I see two for three from the free throw line.
0: <laughs> That's why I didn't say it. I knew I knew <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's I don't care what else anybody else do so that's why they lost I don't, I don't even have anything else to say. go ahead Darnell
1: yeah I think that's a good point even though you summed it up in two words but yeah if you eliminate Trey Young from getting to the free throw line that's one of their biggest strengths of, of this season at least and you eliminate – he, if he's only going to hit eight for 18, that's not horrible, but that's not 50%. They're going to struggle. You had a good game from John Collins, but I think for Dallas, they finally got a good Porzingis game. 21 – I mean, 24 and 11 for him. They got – Don just does what he does, and I think the team is unlocked when Hardaway can come off the bench and be like a super six man. It relieves some of the pressure from the other reserves and allows them to
0: play with more rhythm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, speaking of the free Gallinari was out there trying. You know, he was, he, he was still out there night after of He was flopping into everybody. <laughs> he saw that man, Willie Colley Stein, come off the bench with him. He's like, hold up. I can just run into this dude. <laughs> he kept doing it. Can't, hey, man, can't. Can't complain about that one. But um, for me, I think it was just Luka was mad. He was like, bro, we're not trying, even though they really should have beat the Suns. We'll get to that in a minute off of a last-second Booker shot, which honestly hurt the Suns more than it did the Mavericks. Because fuck them. <laughs> but but um, they just came out there and they played defense um, from the beginning. They only let up 22 points in the first quarter. Obviously, they were going to struggle at some point. They're not a great defensive team. But Finney and Josh, y'all going to be out there not being good on offense, at least they could be good on defense. And they really were locking down. Again, no DeAndre Hunter. This team is not the same right now with no Hunter and no Bogdanovich. And that's really what gave them that spark was the fact that everyone could really score for them. So you end up starting Cam Reddish. he goes out there, he goes one for eight. So it's not good enough um, at the end of the day. And Ronda, who we thought was the answer, it was not him. It's him combined with Bogdanovich and Gallinari. So he's people to pass the ball to. And Hortz off the bench. Because what they used to do is they used to start Reddish and Hunter. And he used to come out with Rondo and three other shooters around him. So, yeah, he can be effective then. But he can't come out there go for 4, 11 minutes, minus nine. This is not getting it done. Not at all. Um, and the Hawks now, suddenly you look, they're 10 and 11. They, they started off so hot. Had to say, man, they could really be one of those surprise top four seeds. But it seems like everyone just got hurt. And Trey just has not been able to carry them over, everyone getting hurt. I mean, because, you know, Collins, who really is their best player, is giving it all he's got out there. But Trey, flop into people. He was doing it. Didn't do it today. It's great effectiveness. Um, That's the whole reason I picked them. The entire <laughs> and I just, I had, I just had to long believe long that. <laughs> it's the only reason you I just ever. had to believe he wouldn't flop. Yep. <laughs> I <laughs> had to believe that Hunter not being there would really hurt them. And that the Mavs would be just mad because they lost to a team they shouldn't have lost to. Yeah. Speaking of these bums, bro, bro, bro. He not going to listen. Monty's going to get fired doing this dumb shit. I'm telling you, he's fucking around. He really about to get fired. Like he is. Dude's about to get canned. All right. The Pelicans, who never beat anyone like this, beat what's supposed to be a top four seed in the Suns 123, 101. And there's a very simple reason. I mean, Booker was nine to 20, whatever, you know. Aiden, he tried. Paul was just chilling. He was a minus 20, but it's not his fault. They started Cam Johnson, who was a minus 25. And it's not even Cam Johnson's fault. He's three for nine. It's not good, but damn it. Crowder off the bench in 13 minutes of everyone who played 10 or more minutes in this game, best plus minus for the Suns, plus zero. You go to the Pelicans. You look. Wow. Zion, 12-14. Guess who the fuck was guarding them? 28 points. Six assists, seven rebounds. Ingram, no one's guarding him either. He had 23, six assists. Adams, their best player, came back. 11 points, 13 rebounds. And Lonzo Ball was able to just kind of hide. 18 points, four for seven from deep. Bledsoe had 11, three of six. JJ even got to go out there, plus 15. Run around a little bit, hit a couple threes. Because the Suns just fucked up their whole team. They didn't start Crowder, and Zion went crazy. But Darnell, what did you see out of this
1: Yeah, for me, I think it came down to Zion. Like, they had nobody who could stop Zion. Zion was just jumping in the dude's chest. Like, the way he could I – didn't, I didn't think he would be able to move Aiden the way he did, but he had Aiden looking like a little kid out there. And he was 12 or 14 from the field, all layups – He had a couple assists out there. You had a couple threes from Josh Hart, a couple threes from J.J. Redick, and Steven Adams was back, so that's one of the positives. They had their rotation, their starting rotation at least back intact, so that makes their bench depth deeper, so that was really pretty much the key to the game, and for Phoenix, you thought you would see a better effort out there because they were coming off such a, a nice win against Dallas, but Chris Paul he couldn't get it going. he only had 10 and four and Devin Booker minus 14 in his with his 25 and on 20 shots like that's not great efficiency either so not a good night for Phoenix and Zion was unstoppable.
0: Don, what are your thoughts? So
2: I don't know which one of us picked up on it first. I think either way we both picked up on it around the same time. But look at Miami. We'll talk about them in a second. Look at Miami. Look at Phoenix. And there's one player that was on Miami that, you know, took that was there on their finals run. And then he's gone. And now there's a 13th seed. Jen just lost to the 15th seed in the East.
0: Spoiler.
2: And then – you see, you see where he went. He went over to Phoenix, and he's in the starting lineup. And when he's in the starting lineup, they're about seven. They were like seven and four at first. They were like the third seed in the West, looking like they were going – looking like they were going – like a like a lock for the playoffs, looking like, oh, shit, they might make it even the second round maybe. And then whenever, whenever it happened, for whatever reason, they just decided to switch Cam Johnson – and, you know, Jay Crowder's roles and then boom, the whole team just fell apart ever since. It's not it's not a co- it's not a coincidence. It's straight up right there in, in, in his face. <laughs> he refuses to change it because Jay Crowder is low key, the best player on the team. He was low key, the best player on Miami almost. <laughs> Like it was Bam and it was Bam and Jimmy, but like, you know, he was like he was like the pivotal person. And it's the same thing, wait, it's the same thing with this team. Like, you know, Aiden, Aiton and Booker are better, even Chris Paul. But like Jay Crowder is really the piece that makes the, the, the puzzle go. if He only gonna play twelve minutes. And I mean I mean, them missing Cameron Payne also hurts them a lot too, but it really just comes down to the rotation. Jay Crowder is their best player, their I, most important player, and he only playing 13 minutes.
0: I didn't think, because I haven't seen it all year, that Stan Van Gunning would just out-coach somebody. But, man, Monty, he found you. <laughs> and guess, by the way, who didn't play? He's starting to realize what teams he can't play against, right? No Jackson A's. So you can play one of them. This is, this is actually the same as the Augustine Forbes thing. You can play one of them, but they can't both be out there. So yeah. if you play Redick, you can't play Jackson Hayes. You just can't. And they, they even try to play Mellon. You know what? Nah, not today. Because why? Because Kaminsky's going to kill any one of those dudes. But the second that Kaminsky had to go against you know, someone smaller or Zion or Adams, there's no chance. But again, this dude really fucked up the whole team, and it makes me so upset because now you're putting Cam Johnson out there against Zion fucking Williamson for no reason. The least you could have done. You could start Crowder this game. Like, come, on, bro, Zion's right there, and Crowder probably wouldn't have stopped him. But damn it, he'd have fouled him. He'd have done something. We saw him be the main defender on – Freaking Giannis, like he could have done some thing, but Cam Johnson is just not. He's not good enough on defense. He's too young. I mean, another I like the same age, B2 too. His body is not ready to deal with that, and then have to go down the other end and shoot threes. <laughs> That's just a tough ask. And what it does is it kills their bench, because again, if it's just gonna be Nader and Kaminsky that won't work on the bench. And that's just what allowed Phoenix's bench to if Phoenix's bench beats you, you're not beating them. You're not. And it's just frustrating. It's making me mad. It's pissing me off. Honestly. Ruin this whole thing.
2: Honestly, what I want to start doing is at this point, Monty Williams is giving me an idea. I think we should start doing coaches of the day too.
0: <laughs> coaches of the day. Because Monty Williams is never going to win that bitch. <laughs> I like it. We could do coaches of the day because sometimes
2: these coaches, these coaches do be needing to be, you know, highlighted and everything like that. I feel like too, because damn, bro, it really just take one decision, one one bad rotation to ruin it all.
0: True. Yeah, no, nah, you're right. We should do coach of the day so the Montuans can never get the award and realize what he's doing wrong. Um, <laughs> hey, man. Moving on. Oh, real quick. While we're here, while we're here. So we realized, we were watching, and we realized why ESPN never gets these games, right? Why they they just, you know, never get good games because you see two blowouts. The only reason this one was safe so late in the podcast was because uh, the Suns made me mad. But... And the reason is because their halftime show was literally them throwing out Scott Van Pelt three hours before, five hours before, you know, his show with the Sports Center. Throw him out there. He talks for like two minutes, and they go back to commercial. So yeah, it's, it's awful. It's, it's terrible. It's it's you, awful. It's it's, disgusting. it's because they can't
2: have him do every. Single thing, <laughs> they, need can't
0: clone just,
2: <laughs> they, they, they need to loan <laughs> him.
0: They already tried, they need to do it again. They need three Stephen <laughs> A. Smiths at this point. Change yeah, that we work. know,
1: <laughs> we know ESPN they fired a lot or they released a lot of their employees, so they don't have the same amount of talent that they used to because they gave Stephen A. All the money. They <laughs> gave him all the jobs too. They gave
2: yeah. him that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yo, know, ESPN might as well just be Steve Day Smith Network. Yeah. <laughs> they might he might as well might just will, rename dude. it. Cause he really he dead eyes on every single show. You can't ask him to go do all the half all the half top shows and then ask him to go right on get up. And that right off first take in every other show. I mean damn hey, the dude man. you gotta sleep. He likes 60.
1: Yeah, like you'll never see Skip Bayless on with Colin Cowherd. Like they let them do their own show. Like that's cause ESPN that's cause Steven A doing everybody's show. That's
2: because they took all ESPN's talent. <laughs>
0: ESPN, they, they ran ESPN dry. ESPN had to put their ninth man second in the rotation It's cop van pelt, and now it's just a wrap. for him. No, I thought you were talking about Max. Max was <laughs> <laughs> like 11th in the rotation. Yeah, but they did you're right though, they did put him second. They put they him actually right up, up there with <laughs> I want to um, do a day. I want to do a day where we just talk about all the sports shows but we came to a conclusion darn now interesting okay Molly not the problem it's Max
1: oh okay so it's Max
0: because yeah. Molly works with Stephen a and it works because she's annoying enough that Stephen a's like all right like you know what I mean like okay whatever blah 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 I mean but Max can't handle it because he's too nerdy so he just doesn't fit. he ruins the flow of the show. Like, cause really, Max should be the point guard. If my, Ma- cause Molly being annoying could do it. Yeah. It could
2: Molly. It. Yeah, Max just don't got the swag for it. Like Stephen A got the swag, but Stephen A can't do it all the fuck show. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the problem is like what he, the, the
0: he prom, needs a young him, and we right here. But I don't, don't want that job.
2: The problem is the, pro- the problem is like. You know, Stephen A be like smooth with it, but when Max do it, he either just completely ignores her, which he can't do that. <laughs> he can't just pretend like she's not there. Or if he do respond, it'd be way too fucking wordy. Yeah. <laughs> it'd be like dumb wordy. And I'd be like, bro, you just gotta say something. You just gotta hit her with a quick one liner to, to, to make her sit up and be like, oh. <laughs>
0: He did it one time, and it's all over YouTube. And it was, and it was still, and it was still lame. That was your opinion. This is my. He did it once, though. Anyway, we also found out that's the reason that Undisputed is so great. They have the best hosts of all time. Two of them, two of the goats, two of the goats. But nah, it's Max. It really is Max. He should just be a point guard. He just can't do it. Anyway, man. Honestly, what they should do, what they honestly should do, man, if they if they're gonna put Max up there fuck it. Put Max on the halftime show. I don't care at this point. I agree. Like, do something. I'll at least watch Max on, on the halftime show. Yeah, I can watch him say some dumb shit on the halftime show, because then that'll give him some clout. Then he, put him up there with Jalen. Give, give Jalen a, a dose of his own medicine, damn it. he <laughs> call Chiron the network. Don't let him just have fun singing songs and shit. While he's just talking about halftime show being unentertaining, put him up there with Matt, frustrate him a little bit, get some juices flowing, whatever. <laughs> Man, that's just my idea. ESPN going to do what they do, which is going to keep failing. Um, moving on from one superstar to the next. One superstar to the next. Speaking of people just in play, the Wizards come. Um, <laughs> from behind, and beat the Miami Heat 103-100. <clears throat> they strapped down on defense and allowed Miami to only score 35 points in the second half, and they outscored them 48-35. to 35. Truly incredible. Hey, man, you all already know what he did. He actually, he actually underperformed this game. Bradley Beal, 11 for 23. Two points, eight rebounds for him. Did have five turnovers. <clears throat> Rui had was three for eleven from the field, with a plus five because he just played defense out there. Um, I don't even know what to say, man. Ish Smith started. He was zero for eight. He's a plus one because you know what? He was zero for eight, but damn it, he had six assists and one turnover. He just didn't do any dumb shit. Bertans three for eight from deep. Alex freaking Len was a plus seven out there with 10 points, three for four for the Heat, man. Yikes. Just yikes. Jimmy Butler, 11. I mean, sorry, he had 19 points, 5'11 from the field. Bam out of bio. Tried, he had eight for 15, 17 points. Tyler Hero, eight for 15, 20. And I think just Dragic coming back from the injury, he's just not quite the same right now, four for 11. Um, I have a suggestion, but I want to hear what both of you guys think first. Um, Darnell, what would you see out of this one?
1: Uh, normal Bradley Bill game. Bradley Bill gives you 32 and eight with four assists. Jimmy Butler, a confusing 11 shots with 19 points. I don't know. He came back with 30 the first game back from COVID. Maybe he's still feeling some lingering effects, but I just can't figure out this Miami team. Like, I don't know what the solution is probably a little less Kelly Olenek minutes and I don't know but they need to tweak something and I can't figure out exactly what it is maybe put in Precious in the starting lineup he was minus five but he had seven points he can get to the he got to the free throw line didn't make but three but maybe get Precious in there Olenek had eight and 11 he was there plus eight he was there actually their highest on the day so maybe he's not the, the problem but that's that's what I'm saying. I can't really figure this team out. They had nine you. attempts for Hero, eight attempts from three for Robinson. Maybe Olymne shouldn't be taking eight threes.
2: I'll tell you exactly what this problem is. It's is right, it right there. It's, that, it's the former finals MVP being fucking garbage. It's him not being able to play defense. Because you know what the rest of the team can't do? Play defense. If they got two defenders out there. Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. After that is over, nobody else on the team plays defense. So they lo- really Jay like I said, Jay Crowder was so imperative to that team cuz he could guard the perimeter and the and the paint. Now they have no perimeter defenders and they have no paint defenders outside of Jimmy and Bam. So really they can't stop nobody out there and it's just Like the offense is good, but it's only so good. It's not. This isn't. This isn't an amazing offense. It's just a good offense. So like, if they're not gonna be able to defend anybody, then they don't have the. They don't have the offensive. They don't have the consistent offensive production to 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 you know combat it like Tyler we already know who Tyler is he going some games he gonna you know score his 30 some games he gonna score his 10 Duncan some games he gonna go off and score 27 some games he gonna shoot some games he's gonna score six you know bam has bam has been a consistent presence for them but past that the team has no consistency on offense and they have no defense to help it so they need to go out there Trey Kendrick Nunn for a for a defender will really fuck them up. I don't know why they gave Igudala that big ass contract as soon as he got there when he uh, when he hadn't played all season and was already falling apart on Golden State, and then just assume that he was just going you know lock people down like nah the problem Iggy because he Iggy can't Iggy already can never – well he could score back in the day. But like at this point, he really can't score now, and I want—I you know who I want to know, what, who has to say about this? I want to know what Max Kellerman has to say about this, about this, about Andre Igudala, because Igudala is the entire issue with this fucking team, because he's supposed to be playing defense. Bradley can—Bradley's still a decent defender out there, at least. I think he got hurt in he the – um,
0: yeah.
2: yeah, he got he got hurt in the middle of the game, which, you know, if he going to be their – if he going to be the only other person playing defense because this guy isn't, then, I mean, you know, that's what it comes down to, though. I know Washington only scored 103, but, nah, Miami can't stop the soul. <laughs> so
1: – Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think about Jay Crowder, I think he's a glue guy. And I think they undervalue how important he was to that starting lineup to help take away Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero from getting attacked on defense. Yeah, so I think having him not out there is definitely hurting them.
2: It's like that's why I say, what, like, he's not the best player on the teams, obviously, but he really is the most important one on both of them on Phoenix and Miami, and he was low-key on
0: Boston too. I just think – I think it's a very simple solution to me. Um, <clears throat> and the more I see it, the more it just becomes apparent. Uh, Tyler Hero went out there. Good game. 8-15. He had zero assists. Your point guard can't have zero assists. Just start going. Just start Dragic like you did last year. When Tyler became a sensation, put him back on the bench, let him rock out because he's just going to shoot the ball anyway, and the bench can't score. That's really the problem. Gordon wouldn't be a minus 10 if he's starting because he would just pass that shit right to Jimmy. And Jimmy, when he's cold, just pass it to Dragic. But off the bench, just let Tyler rock out and do his thing. To me, that would be the solution because then at least you'd have the scoring and then Tyler can go out and do all the dumb shit he needs to get out of his system before crunch time. But what it also is doing now, if he's going to shoot it 15 times. Bam going to shoot 50 times. ball going to shoot 11. It kind of leaves for less opportunities for Duncan Robinson. I mean, he was three of eight. But you kind of want – Duncan is really the key because if he's shooting three for eight, he got to shoot a 12. He just can't be out – if he's going to be out there not being anything on defense, fuck it, shoot a 12 times <laughs> Please keep shooting the ball. <laughs> you have to. Please find a way to shoot the ball. I don't care. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So at the end at, at the end of the day, like, that's – to me, start Gorin. And, yeah, you would get less assists off the bench, but who the fuck needs to touch it off the bench? Who? <laughs> Iggy don't need to touch that shit. Precious don't need to touch it. He had a nice game. He don't need to touch the ball. Fuck him. Put him on Iggy bench. don't need
2: to play. He does not need to play at all. He doesn't contribute a thing. He doesn't. The know every is gonna be hurt. I, but he, hey man, he don't contribute a thing. I'm so tired of seeing Iggy's name on the stat sheet just for him to not do anything. I'm tired of seeing him come into the games and be awful, dog. <laughs> like they gave him that big ass contract for no reason.
0: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Bro, Trey Kendrick. Get somebody on defense so Iggy don't have to play. There was no Or at least play Kendrick so Iggy don't have to play. I don't even care. Just get Iggy off the fucking floor. <laughs> Put Haslam in. Fuck it. I don't even care no more. I'd rather see Haslam out there. Ah Haslam.
0: You, yeah,
1: you don't want to see Haslam.
0: <laughs> My man Haslam's a coach now. Show on him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's been a coach for four years. <laughs>
1: He looked like a gym (laughs)
0: teacher out there. He's been a coach for like eight. (laughs) He still gets them checks. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of (laughs) crazy. All right. All right. Let's get into it real quick. Darn now. What is your game of the night, player of the night, and our brand new coach of the night? Thanks to Monty Williams. Thanks,
1: for my player of the night, I'm going to go with Paul George. 36 points, six rebounds, or four rebounds, six assists, eight and nine from three, plus 29, just unstoppable. Looking like playoff Pete. Well, I don't want to say playoff PG. I worse half <laughs> bad connotation nowadays. So for my game of the night, I'm going to go with Boston and Sacramento. Sacramento pulling away 116-111. And for my coach tonight, I'm going to go with Stan Van Gundy. 123-101 win over Phoenix, getting a win over a playoff team, trying to still fight to make the playoffs. The Pelicans are playing well right now, well after one game at least. Yep. Yeah.
0: Uh, Dom? Game of the night.
2: <clears throat> Have we go to Dallas and Atlanta? Uh, player of the night? We'll go to Tyrese Halliburton and coach of the night. We'll go to whoever the OKC coach is.
0: Not to say his name. Can't say whoever the fucking the hell. This man said whoever the <laughs> Let look coach. his name up real quick. Damn.
2: Disrespect. Cause if all if if all his team gonna be hurt, and then he gonna beat the, the Rockets
1: on a, Mark,
2: on a on a on a six-game win streak.
1: It's Mark. It's Mark D. That's his name.
0: <laughs> he was my coach's mark name too. And I definitely mark Diagnote. <laughs> mark Diagnote. That's what we're going with. Yes, sir. Mr. Dagnol. Game of the night. Uh, Wizards Heat. The fall of Miami. They realized Jay Crowder was the most important player. Player of the night took my steam, because so I was definitely going right here. But it was absolutely Halliburton, career high in points, beating the Is that
1: really his career high?
0: Yes, it was actually his career high in points. Just coming off of winning Rookie of the Month along with Amelo Ball, Tyrese, my God, took me one game to find you. I fell in love with you, but I saw it immediately. He's gonna make this bad team average. By himself. <laughs> he did it yet again.
2: Fighting right there with Marvin Bagley.
0: <laughs> yep, right against Marvin. Just getting bullied. Year three. It's getting pushed out the way. Anyway. And. Hit the weight room, Marvin. Anyway. And my coach of the night. Mark Dageno. Good shit, Mark. Finally get the recognition you deserve. For. Thunder being relevant. Amen. And tonight, we have all, honestly, I can actually say all five of the games on tonight are better than what we saw on on ESPN last night. Jazz Hawks, Warriors-Mavs, Trailblazers-Sixers, Rockets-Grizzlies, Nuggets-Lakers. They hate ESPN. They gave TNT all the games to pick from. Because they're not going to give them no games
2: until Stephen A. steps right up there in the (laughs) halftime show.
0: He don't step up there until the playoffs, I think. Then they just say, all right, you can't sleep anymore. (laughs) It's too important. (laughs) 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 Got to give him his regular season rest days. Basically. They can at least put him up there on, on fucking the Sunday shit. Not Paul Pierce. No offense, Paul, but you boring. Nah, he he just say dumb shit. He not even
2: he not even funny with it. That's the problem. He just say annoying with it.
0: Yeah, him and Kendrick, oh, a couple.
1: Kendrick is at least entertaining.
0: Kendrick is more entertaining. Than Paul Pierce. I, you know what, Kendrick on the halftime show, he could give me some booger McFarlane vibes. That'd be okay. Paul Pierce really ruined everything by
2: saying he had a better career than Dwayne Wade. He ruined, <laughs> I, he ruined every single thing that ever could have started by saying that dumb shit.
1: I don't think people know how good Paul Pierce was, but not Dwayne Paul, Wade, though. But Paul Pierce, but Paul Pierce was not good as Paul Pierce Paul Pierce was either. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I had a better career than Dwayne Wade ended. <laughs> Ended it all.
0: <laughs> he tried. He became a walking meme ever since. He didn't say what he really thought, oh, which is that he's a better player than LeBron. That's what he really wanted to say. So he, he, yeah, he just knew he was going to get killed if he said that. He already got killed saying <laughs>
2: so he was better than Wade. He might as well fuck yeah, like, around.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he might as well double down on
2: it. Exactly. <laughs> if you already <laughs> going to say you better than somebody you not better than. <laughs> you might as well just go to the top with it. Like, like Levar wasn't like Levar wasn't like Lonzo gonna be better than my fucking fucking George Hill. He said Lonzo gonna be better than Steph Curry.
1: Yeah, he didn't he say some. he could beat. He didn't say he could beat Tyron Lue in one on one. He said he could beat Michael Jordan.
2: Exactly. If you if you just gonna say some dumb shit, go ahead and go all the way through with it. <laughs> Damn, Paul. <laughs> Don't ever compare yourself to Dwayne Wade, nigga. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> I, I'll get from an argument with, with Carmelo. That's the highest he'll go. You can argue about Carmelo, but he ain't going nowhere past Carmelo. Carmelo even went a ring. Damn. If he's going to have four Hall of Famers with you... <laughs>
0: Like I want to say he's better than Carmelo, but I'm not sure. Exactly. I don't know. That's that's tough.
2: Exactly. exactly. That's why. That's why. That's where his argument. That's where the peak of his argument stops. Right there at Carmelo.
0: Carmelo actually 13th in scoring, by the way, now all time. Yeah, uh, Okay. My man's gonna get the top ten, shooting two for ten for the Blazers for the next three years. He don't care. <laughs> Yeah, do what you gotta do he gonna he go, he go get in this top 10 or at least a little bit he gotta do what he gotta do man I ain't even mad at it oh. alright hey man thank you guys so much for listening to another episode of Lumia Sports man it's quality content you know come here you get good hosts not like that other network <laughs> Amen. Hey man. I if you're looking it. to tease him
2: again. Um, hey amen. because those other shows, they thrive off controversy and debates and all that shit. We all pretty much have similar opinions. We just be frying these niggas for doing their jobs.
0: That's all it is, man. Fuck you, Monty Williams, you fucking idiot. <laughs> exactly. He's, he's ruining there the whole go. team. There you go. Anyway, man,
2: thank you all for listening. Um... Our donkey of the day goes to Monty Williams. (laughs) 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 Uh, We we definitely got to do some shit like that. Some clown of the night, donkey of the day, whatever. There's got to be a low light of the day.
1: (laughs) We're not going to
2: keep roasting these people and not just giving them the shine they deserve.
0: We do on the teasers, but I get your point. Um, (laughs) actually where the shine comes. But I do under the donkey of the yeah. day. Yeah. Yeah, Monty has created two new segments, coach of the same <laughs> donkey of the day. One he will never win and one he might win every single time he doesn't trot out to the crowd. Or...
2: <laughs> he
0: always a threat. Mon-
2: <laughs> <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> <He> <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> for a threat out there. <laughs> Hall of Fame Mm -hmm. Donkey of the day (laughs) threat. We waiting. We looking right at you. We looking right at you, Monty.
0: Bernal Jones and Dom, this is Demetrius, and I hope you enjoy it. Triple D's deuces. Later.